This is the Uncover You podcast, and I'm Eva Berunius. I'm here to help you navigate your transformational journey so you can experience the you underneath the conditioning and unconscious beliefs. You always find the show notes over at selfmasteryandbeyond.com. Let's get to the core of things. Here's today's episode. If you've had a looping pattern of jealousy in relationships, or maybe you're in that one specific relationship that is really activating jealousy inside of you and you feel like you don't recognize yourself, this is the episode for you. We're going to look way deeper at that reaction of jealousy than most of the articles that shows up if you Google overcoming jealousy will tell you. And instead of going to those fixing layers of addressing the symptoms and trying to think our way out of this, we're really going to the root so that you can use jealousy as a way to heal, to grow your personal power and shift the story about it. Instead of rejecting it, you're going to use it as a way to really grow, to get to know yourself better. But most importantly, finding that jealousy showing up right now in your life is this beautiful doorway into more love, into more of you, into healing things that's been under the surface for a long, long time. And the time to truly heal it so that you can have the relationships that you want with yourself and with others is now. It's funny because I just realized when I was going to record this that it's going to be published on All Valentine's Day. And I find that so beautiful and <laughs> synchronistic because what better way to spend Valentine's Day than to let in more love into our lives, which like letting love into a pattern or a loop of jealousy is probably where it's the most needed because there's a few there's not many reactions and emotions that are so scolded looked down upon rejected as jealousy and we often see this in in a few different ways maybe it's rejected inside of you right oh my god i know i'm doing this pattern and i feel like i'm ruining my relationships by being this suspicious, by being this jealous, by being this controlling, or by mm, damaging the trust by looking at their phone or investigating on my own what they're doing, like I am ruining the relationship. So we often have then this very conflicted and tense relationship to our own experience of jealousy. Like, oh, that shouldn't be here. It's ruining everything. What's wrong with me? So we make ourselves feel less than because we have the experience of jealousy. And then sometimes it shows up very outwardly, meaning very controlling and very um, defended in some people. So saying like, you're making me feel jealous. You're the one that causing me to feel this way. I wouldn't have to if it wasn't for how you are showing up, right? So maybe that is you 
like acting out in that way or reacting in that way, kind of defending your jealousy, or maybe you've been in a relationship like that where the other person is using jealousy to control, to even be aggressive, and then defending it, like it's because of you. And that reaction is, of course, often way over boundaries, like it's not okay to treat someone else in that way. But it's often also so misunderstood, so it's beaten down upon by articles and discussions online where it's like, leave, red flag, uh, that's terrible, that's a narcissist, that's, you know, whatever it is. And yes, you shouldn't be in a relationship like that if it's going into aggression, if it's going into you feeling smaller and starting to adapt how you live your life because of how this other person is like stating the terms and how you should be with others and how you should show up and, and like kind of stating their terms to their relationship, right? This is how you should behave. This is how you should look at others or not. But still, like there is an underlying reason for that jealousy. But as long as that person feeling the jealousy is not ready or willing to look at their own half in that, why is this reaction showing up inside of me? And if they keep pointing to the other person again and again and saying, hey, it's you, you're making me feel this way, then they're not, haven't reached a point where they're mature enough to like take responsibility and start working on themselves, right? So just want to nuance this picture a bit and give you these different maybe expressions of, of jealousy. But since you're here, since you're listening to this, I'm going to assume that you're someone who's ready and willing to do the work, to use jealousy as like a motivator to really heal something deeper inside of you. And I, I was thinking before this, like, how do I want to talk about jealousy? Because it's such a loaded, such a charged topic. And there's so many opinions out there. If you do that Google search, you will find words as love addict and anxious attachment and, you know, like all these terms that sometimes just causes us to form an identity around this. But I want to make it into, I want to turn this around and I want to make it into an opportunity because that is what it is for me. All and any reactions that shows up in our closest relationships, strong sense of rejection or insecurity, abandonment, or maybe anger, frustration, maybe it's freeze and shutting down or withdrawal and avoiding they are all there often as a protection mechanism around an emotional wound and an emotional need that, that wasn't met. So what if you, in this episode, maybe you're new to my work and you're just finding this episode because it spoke to you, or maybe you've been listening along for a long time and then you know more about my work, but what about if for this episode you listen 
in the exploration of what if my jealousy is a beautiful opportunity to heal? And what if me listening right now means that I become motivated enough to do something about it, to really go in there, to meet with emotions in myself that I haven't before. So that's my invitation to you as you're listening to this episode. And this episode is part of a series where I'm really diving into reactions in our relationships and how you can use them to heal, to bring in more love. And instead of going on that surface layer of trying to address the symptoms, trying to fix what is showing up, no, like follow the thread of the reaction deeper into your psyche, into your unconscious, into suppressed emotions, so they can finally shift at the core. That's what I'm all about. I teach embodied self-mastery. I break down the steps for you of how to shift like the most persistent wounds or patterns, reactions that keep showing up. So today, as we're talking about jealousy, I want to make it clear that jealousy is just a very normal part of the human experience. Ooh, feeling that ha high-intensity experience inside of you. Maybe you feel your cheeks flushing. Maybe there's like a oh, big nut in your in your solar plexus, and it's just kind of flooding you, this intense experience inside of you of uh, like your your cheeks getting hot, your ears getting hot. It's intense, right? And it is a very normal human experience. It's just an emotion. And what I want to talk about today is when that emotion has kind of gotten stuck, when it's part of an unprocessed experience so that it's showing up for you again and again and again. Maybe it's in all of your relationships. Maybe it's in this specific relationship because something got touched in you and you're not like recognizing yourself. Like, who am I? I'm usually not jealous. Like, what is this about? And you want to get to the bottom of it. So just seeing the difference that jealousy showing up from time to time in your life and just as a common human emotion versus getting stuck in a loop where you need to act on this emotion of jealousy and you're questioning your partner, you're mistrusting, you are feeling like you're losing your own power and you feel very insecure about what you mean to them and whether they are looking or, or directing their attention and their romantic attention somewhere else and what it means when they're looking at others. So that's what I want to focus on today. So that's just another way of saying like there's nothing wrong with feeling jealous but you probably don't want to get stuck in a loop in that experience and feel it draining you of energy, right? Because this is all you think about. And it's become this obsession 
both maybe with the other person, what they're doing, but also with yourself. Like, how can I fix this? So there are two common ways that I see out there how jealousy is being addressed. And the first layer is that surface layer. We look at the symptoms, we look at the stories, and we're trying to do something about the symptoms. I shouldn't check my partner's phone. I shouldn't feel this way. I shouldn't believe that story. It's probably not true. And trying to think your way out of something that stems from an emotional wound is not going to get you very far. And it's usually going to just keep adding layers of self-judgment. Why am I not able to stop thinking about it? (laughs) You know, I just told myself to stop thinking about it or stop checking their phone. Why am I not able to now? So that's when you try to address it on the surface level. If you've gone a little deeper into that and you've been willing to really look at your own stories and bring awareness to this whole pattern, you might have addressed this on a belief system level. You might have gone in there and looked at all the different aspects and versions of you that are showing up in this jealousy reaction. You might have seen that, ah, there's a part of me that's insecure, that feels like I'm less than, that feels like I am broken or unworthy. And now I'm trying to get their love somehow. And when they direct it away from me, a part of me gets super anxious and feel like they need it. And they're trying to go after it. So you might see like this bigger pattern and this bigger loop that you're in. Because after having a big experience of jealousy and maybe going into controlling or neediness or checking their phone, you might feel ashamed, regretful, anxious. Oh my God, what did I just do? I know that that was wrong. And now you're spiraling into a different pattern. Maybe you're people-pleasing, you're fawning, you're going into another you know, survival response. Oh my God, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Take me back. You know, it's not going to happen again. I know that was wrong. And after that, (laughs) after looking out for their needs and trying to compensate with being extra loving and, you know, bringing them coffee in bed or whatever it is and like prove why they should be with you, you might find yourself building some resentment. Like, now I'm doing everything for them, and are they really doing that back towards me? So you might go into a sense of withdrawing from them and feeling like, actually, like, I'm the one here. They're, They're lucky to have me. I'm a really smart, successful person, and why, like, why are they not showing me this, this love and this attention that I want? And see, I'm so loving towards them. Or something similar, right? These are just examples of loops and patterns that you might be experiencing. And maybe somewhere there you end up back <laughs> at the beginning of the cycle. And like, ah, there it is again. There's the jealousy. Why are they not showing up for me? 
So if you've done some inner work, and especially around belief systems, you might have been guided to really look at what underlying beliefs are here and to infuse some skepticism into your own stories, to kind of look at all these different dreams, these parts of you that you go into. And you're like, huh, they're maybe all coming from different beliefs or one core beliefs. And you've started to like, huh, maybe they are not true, any of them. But then what usually shows up is like, then who the heck am I? (laughs) If I'm not these beliefs, who am I? And something that I see happening also with addressing, like you're, you're navigating your inner work from belief systems only, is that you tend to, again, add new layers of self-judgment. Ah, this is just a story that I'm in. It's not even true. Again, then why can't I get out of it? So I see so many self-development and self-help modalities out there that just adds new layers of self-judgment because it adds more knowledge in our mind and we're all trying to address it through our thinking mind. Like I should be able to think my way out of this now that I understand why it's here. Why am I not able to shift it? And the important piece here to really get to the core and that I don't see a lot of teachings do out there is to also understand that the belief was created from somewhere. If you have a belief that I'm less than, that I'm unworthy, or that I should just be happy for any little attention or love that I'm getting, and then go into relationships from that dream, from that belief, there's a piece of how was that belief put into place. And this is the actual root. Yes, you can go in and shift that belief, but if you focus too much on the belief without understanding how it was put into place, you're probably not going to get to it because you're thinking mine and your project manager and your hero is going to get in there and like, oh, it's just the belief that, you know, I'm unworthy. Let's stand in front of the mirror and tell myself that, you know, I'm beautiful and I'm worthy of more but it's not going to get to the actual emotional wound that put the belief into place. This is where you need to start to understand unmet needs from your childhood. This is where you need to be willing to look at things in a different light. So maybe you had a happy childhood or maybe you felt like, No, there was a lot of dysfunctionality there or even emotional abuse or things that was really chaotic. Whatever it was, you need to be willing to look at, well, what was this little human's need, meaning your needs, meaning you're at a three-year-old level, at a five-year-old level, at a seven-year-old level. And we've often learned to deny our emotional needs because one, we grew up in a society, in a culture like that, where everyone around us was so afraid of emotions. 
and so afraid of feeling something uncomfortable themselves that they would project this onto us. They would say, don't cry or don't be needy or you should be fine sleeping by yourself in a dark room. Like, what are you fussing about? And, like, it goes deeper, right? It's the whole cultural structure and society and how we interact with each other. So it's a big collective dream of denying our emotions, of being afraid of feeling them. And I have a lot of episodes around this. And so there, if you're like, what, I've never heard about this, or, ooh, I think this is something that I'm more curious about, go explore the podcast, because there's a lot of episodes around, like, our fear of feeling emotions. But this is what you need to start looking at your childhood from. Like, you were brought up in a way that wasn't very natural and mature when it came to relating to emotions. So we were actually relating to emotions in an unnatural way, meaning denying them, suppressing them, rejecting them, telling ourselves and others telling us that they are wrong. This has a consequence. This often has us to deny our own emotional needs, right? I wanted to be held by my dad or by my mom. And instead, what we've learned to do was is to say, well, I don't need them. I'm fine by myself. And with that, we're denying the emotional need that our three-year-old or that our five-year-old had. Why am I talking about this when it comes to jealousy? The reason we get stuck in a jealous pattern is because we're often trying to meet an unmet emotional need that we had growing up. And I'm going to nuance this in a little bit, but for now, we're just going to talk about this emotional need because it might sound like, like it's all about me then. I had an emotional need that wasn't met, but it probably also has to do with what kind of partner you have stepped into relationship with, which might remind you of your parents of, or of that unmet need. But we're just going to leave that, leave that to the sidelines for a little bit, but just letting you know that, no, it's not all about you. And I have an episode about this, just, I think, if you just go two episodes back, I talk about, is it me or them? And kind of talking about is probably both. But for now, let's look at your emotional need, like your half, what it was that you needed and are trying to get met. When this other person is pulling away from you, is looking at other people, there might be several things going on here, right? But one of them, is probably that you want love and attention and that that was a need that wasn't fully met the way you needed it to be met growing up. Meaning you're trying to fix that. A part of you, and often a protector part, that is looking out for that wounded aspect of you, is trying to have that met. Here's the funny thing. 
you'll probably try to get it from people that are not fully capable of giving it. So here are some variations. You might be sitting in a relationship where you feel that the other person is not meeting that need fully, and therefore you feel very activated in your jealousy and you're trying to get it from them. Or you might feel like this person is actually giving it to you a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, but it's like something in you can't really receive it. So you still have this sense of that it's unmet and they're probably out there cheating on you. They're probably out there doing things, even though there are no evidence showing up for that. So there are different variations of this. But in any scenario, what is going to be needed of you is to start turning your attention inward and start turning your attention towards this part of you that feels unmet. And I'm going to be very, very honest with you. That is going to be uncomfortable. Okay? This is why this work is not for the faint-hearted. It's not for everyone. It's for the people who are like willing to become warriors of love and healing and growth and expansion. Okay? The reason it's uncomfortable to meet with this is because you build protection against feeling this. Like that emotional wound caused pain, hurt inside of you to not have this need met. To see your mom or dad walking away or not sitting with you enough, not telling you they love you, whatever it was that you needed at that point to keep growing, to keep evolving, to then go into the world, because that's how it works. When we feel safe and loved enough, that child in us will go out into the world and explore things. And we have different levels of, of that need, how it wants and, and needs to be met. So to start meeting with that pain, oh my God, it hurts to not have this need met. That is what other aspects of you, protector parts, have been trying to protect you from. We don't ever want to feel this rejected again. We don't ever want to feel the pain from people walking away from us, from not loving us the way that we want to be loved, to not appreciate us. And therefore, like, don't feel this, don't go here. It doesn't mean that it is dangerous, scary, that it like factually dangerous. No, it just means that these parts that you've been so identified with and that you've been operating from your protector parts, they believe that and they are scared of feeling that or that, that, that your wounded part would be feeling that. So you might be listening to this right now and be very ready to receive this message and like, yeah, I can feel this. I can feel that there is an unmet need, an emotional wound inside of me that is trying to get this from other people. Like I'm trying to fill this void, this hole with how this other person is treating me. Or you might be listening to this and feeling like, no, this is not really resonating. 
And maybe it doesn't, you know, and that's all okay. Or it can be that you're in denial, okay? I'm just going to put that out there because I know I was. If this, if I would have listened to this podcast episode, say 12 years ago, I think I would have had a really hard time to take it in because I was in denial about my wounds and that was part of my protection. That's how I'd survived. That's how I'd be able to, you know, do what I was doing in life. And that denial was very hard to let go of. My mantra was like, I'm fine, I'm okay. I don't have any emotional wounds. Nothing was uncomfortable for me. No, nothing is hurting for me. And of course, that was the armor around a wound that very much was there. So just giving yourself permission also to be wherever you're at. But I wanted to speak to this because maybe you're sitting there with that sense of denial and a little uncomfortableness right now of me speaking to it. And then just know that that's okay. Your denial is a valid expression too because it got you through things. It was how your unconscious mind chose to deal with things and there's nothing wrong with that. But maybe you want to start scratching that surface a little bit and see, hmm, maybe there's actually something underneath. Or maybe you're coming back to this episode in a year or four and you're like, ha, now I understand. It makes sense now. But if you're here and you're like so ready for this message, you're like, this is exactly what I want to address, then how the heck do I do this? Because with all the other modalities or the articles and the YouTube videos out there, like they don't tell me how to actually, actually heal this wound. If I can't heal it, by trying to have it met by others. And especially if you're in a relationship, right? That you've chosen a partner that is repeating the wound for you, right? It's not meeting that wound. It's not meeting that need. And is, may, is maybe they are cheating, right? Or maybe they are putting a lot of their attention out there on other people in a way that doesn't feel okay with you. But since this emotional wound is there, you probably have a hard time navigating that. What is me and what is them? Where are my boundaries and where is it just my jealous reaction showing up? And the way out of that confusion is not to try and put surface layer boundaries and like it's to really go in and heal this wound. Because when you have this emotional need met, you will start to feel yourself differently. Because this was an emotional development that didn't get to happen. So you're trying to ask a five-year-old of like, how are you okay with having your relationship? But a part of you is five years old. It doesn't know, okay? It's at a five-year-old level. And we need to go in and meet it there and have it maturing 
so that you can start to feel yourself, so that you can become 10 and 15 and, and 22 and 27 and 32 and like, huh, now I actually start to feel what my values are in relationships, what it is that I want. And I'm not making it wrong, but I'm also not like becoming all reactive and tensed and activated and charged when someone is not doing that. It's just very clear for me that, oh my God, yeah, I really love this person, but this is not meeting what I want in relationships. Because you've been there parenting yourself and had met yourself at the emotional level a part of you were at so that you could mature, grow up, showing how you can meet yourself in a way that that part was missing. Because of that, it will become clearer for you what you want in life, what kind of relationships, and you'll be able to set those boundaries and give and communicate clearly about them and asking for what you need and you want. And you'll be able to bring that into your relationship and create something beautiful and not just waiting passively for someone else to give that to you. So what is it that you need to be able to do this? To mature yourself past that wound, to heal that wound and grow. The most important key is to open yourself up to feel again but not in the old way of reactiveness, not in the old way of drowning in your emotions and believing all the stories that comes with them. No. The key is to feel without believing the stories, meaning you also need to learn the skills of unidentifying with the stories. And this is not like a mental process. This is an energetic embodied process inside of you, the way I teach it. We're not getting stuck in another mind layer of um, knowing and naming what is this part of me and what is it trying to do and, and like figuring it out. No, we're going to do this in an embodied way. And then when you are unidentified with that part, you can turn towards it. You can turn your attention around and this is also something that happens embodied. You can do this inside of you, inside your inner world. And you can do it while sitting, meditating. You can do it through movement. There are many ways of doing this. But it's a shift of instead of running with this part of you that is anxious or that is jealous and that is protecting you from being hurt again, like instead of running with that impulse and checking the phone and questioning them or whatever it is, or being identified with a part rejecting this pattern inside of you and saying, oh my God, this is terrible, I'm doing this thing again. You're unidentifying from all of them so that you can turn towards and understand so that they can be met and understood as valid expressions inside of you. And now, when you've done this, now you'll be able to practice the skills of feeling and find the power in feeling. 
Because processing the emotion that this belief and this emotional wound was put into place with, that is what is actually going to heal it. To feel what wasn't allowed to be felt. And you might be saying, but I'm feeling that thing over and over again, a hundred times a week. Like I feel nothing about that. But that's the key. You're feeling it identified with this five-year-old of you. And what this five-year-old need is someone to be there with it, with love, as it is processing it. So if you're feeling it from inside and saying like, this is terrible and I'm so lonely and no one will ever love me, while believing that, you're reinforcing the wound. You're repeating it. It's like, yeah, there it is. There's more evidence. It's true. See, I'm having the emotional experience of it. And probably parts that are like, this is bad. Oof, this is too painful. This can't be true, right? No, stop this. We can't feel this way. So you being there with that part of you as it's feeling it. And if you have this awareness, now you can even like lend your body for this part to process the emotion but it will have a very different experience of it. And it will get it needs met because probably how you would have shown up for that five-year-old that felt alone and rejected and like it was unlovable, you would tell it, that's not true. Oh my darling, like that's not true. You are amazing. You are so beautiful, and just you being here is such a gift. So now it will start having that need met, something that was completely true. It is beautiful, and something that it really needed to hear when it was five years old, but it probably didn't. Or it was said in a way that it, like, emotionally it didn't... Mm reach in there. So this is where you need to go. You need to meet with the wound. You need to meet with what feels the most painful, but you need to meet with it in a new way. And this is exactly what I teach you to do inside alchemy. It's my five-week course where I break down, like I distill down Everything that I've learned, 10 years on my own inner journey of healing my emotional wounds, of overcoming jealousy and freeze and panic attacks, and what I've been teaching clients for several, several years now, hundreds of clients, and I've distilled it down in a way that it's four pillars, it's four things. Instead of needing to figure things out, if you apply these four pillars, you will be able to heal any core wound, shift any pattern at the root instead of trying to run after the symptoms. When you do this, there will be silence or there used to be loud reactions. There will be clarity about what relationships you want. 
and you'll be able to communicate it with love. Not by apologizing, and I'm sorry, but I actually have these needs. But it's like, oh, you know what? I love to be loved in this way. So therefore, that's the kind of partner I'm looking for. And you seem fabulous and fantastic in so many ways, but I'm sorry you're not. Like, I need this. I want that. I'm looking for this. And there's nothing wrong with how you're showing up, but this is not exactly what I want. I will be opening Alchemy again soon. We'll be doing another live round together with me in March. And you'll be able to put yourself on the waitlist for that or go check out the free training that I'm going to do leading into alchemy. So if you're like, I'm curious about this, but I'm not really sure, go sign up for that free training where I break down this for you. How to change any like loud relationship patterns that are coming up, and I'm going to talk more deeply about this and talk you through the pillars. So put yourself on the wait list for alchemy. Go find that free training. It might not have been posted yet when this episode comes out, but it will be up soon. So put yourself on my email list and you'll receive the invitation for it. And I'll hope to see you there. And I hope that this has been helpful in understanding jealousy in a new way and using it as an opportunity to learn to love yourself even greater. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next week when we'll continue to break down some of these strong common reactions that shows up in relationships and that we feel like we're looping in and how we can use them to find the core and to heal it and to shift it from there. Thank you for listening. And if this was helpful to you, I appreciate a review in the podcast app that you're using. Until next week.